Somebody plug Chili in. We're live on the 307 podcast. You know what, man? Everybody thinks that podcasting is just, I think people might think it's just this easy life. It's a hard life, man. Hard road to hoe, ain't it? It's, I tell you, podcasting is a hard life. So, um, we're back at you for a deep discussion today. Where do you guys, where do you guys want to start this conversation? Yeah, probably that. Yeah, probably our hydration sponsor. Oh, you want to start out talking about? I actually do. Yeah. Well, I'll be dying. <laughs> to me, that makes the most sense today. Yeah. Well, guys, if you don't know about our partner <clears throat> at Drink Hoist, you should check them out. They um, they make an awesome hydration supplement called Hoist. Comes in a powder. Comes in a bottle. Comes in a couple different forms. And it is absolutely outstanding in fueling your body, whether you work outside doing hard manual jobs, whether you like to run, mountain bike, whether you're in the gym, sitting in the sauna, anywhere that you're going to be out in the heat, sweating, getting hot, getting your heart rate up, Hoist is going to fuel you. They're amazing people. They've been huge contributors here at 3 of 7 Project. As a matter of fact, they are part of bringing the documentary coming out on July the 1st, One Mile Out. They're part of bringing that documentary to you guys, which we're super excited about. And um, amazing people with an amazing product that works. Check them out at drinkhoist.com. It's got all the stuff in it that you need, and it ain't got no crap in it that you don't need. I promise you won't be disappointed. Support the companies that support this show. If you get something out of this show, it makes a tremendous difference in our ability to do what we do here on the 307 Podcast. Our partners and our Patreon members are what makes all of this happen. It's what allows us to be able to sit down and have these conversations on a weekly basis. And we're actually looking to start doing some new things with the podcast, maybe some more interviews here in the future. And um, I love it, man. I love you guys. Thank you for supporting the show uh, for all these years. We're over 3 million downloads now on the 307 podcast and um, over 600, 600 and something people in our Patreon community. And it's just such a blessing. Every one of you guys are such a blessing. All right. Where do you guys want to start this conversation? Well, thank you to Hoist. And, and, and speaking of Hoist, for the sake of where we're at, real quickly, I did have to ask you what it's like having two documentaries at one time. Well, we'd be remiss uh, not to cover it. I'll I mean, tell you, you what, are a movie star. It's a good problem to have. It's... um. It's a real, genuine first world problem. You know, when you have two documentaries that are basically coming out at the same time, uh, I tell you what, man, it can get it can get a little bit complex. In like, you're, you're I have felt pressure to to promote and do this and do that, and all that stuff needs to happen. 
and you don't want to confuse people, right? So that's kind of where the, the pressure comes from. You want people to understand what it is, what's happening. Um, but you, I have to go back and remember the fact that like these two films, they're not, although they're about me, it's not about me. Like the whole purpose of these two films that are coming out or the one that just came out, the, the just one mile came out on Amazon prime and Apple TV and a couple other streaming platforms yesterday. And then the one mile out that's coming out on YouTube, July 1st, they feature me doing something, but the whole purpose of the film is to build other people up and to hopefully inspire other people to get out and do awesome things. And maybe to, to help teach some people, some lessons that I've learned just through my crazy life that I've lived, right? And so when you refocus, when I refocus my attention on the fact that both of these films, that's the purpose of them, and it's not to grow my following, it's not to glorify myself, it's not to do any of that. It's like, well, pressure's off, man, because they these films are going to accomplish what they're supposed to accomplish, I truly believe that because they glorify God. They are, they exist to help people. I believe they will help people. And so they're going to accomplish what they need to accomplish. The purpose of these films is going to be fulfilled with or without me. So the pressure's off and I'm going to do what I can to tell you guys about them because I'm really excited about them. The one that just came out yesterday, the Just One Mile, about my mid-state mile race two years ago. That film's been two years <laughs> in the making. I think it's number three on iTunes right now. It won the 2023 Documentary of the Year at the International Christian Film Festival in Orlando just about a month ago. Um they're two totally separate pieces of content, by the way. The name is similar of both films. That wasn't on purpose. I think the names of those films being similar should tell you something about how I have lived my life and how I have been able to accomplish certain hard things that I've done by breaking a massive challenge down into small digestible segments and actually getting through it, moving through it. Um, so... I've relieved myself of the pressure. Well, good. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're two great pieces of content, in my opinion, both of them, and they're two totally separate things. I don't think that can be driven home enough how, how different they are because we're – I guess some people have seen both of them now. If, you, if you're well, on Patreon. If you're on Patreon. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, not many people have seen both, and I think it's cool how different they are even though they're doing a long race. Yeah, they're they're totally different in terms of the stories that are told, the the takeaways for the viewers, and they're totally different in the fact that I was a different person two years ago than I am now. So you know, you get to see you get to see me back then doing what I was doing and being successful doing that, and then with the one mile out, you get to see me as who I am now, a better version of who I am, uh, who I've ever been. And moving through a, a different type of challenge, although the same activity. So, hope you guys enjoy those. Check them out. Let us know what you think about them. We appreciate it. 
Where do we go from here? I'm all discombobulated, Chili. Well, okay. Uh, what is doctrine? How about that? <laughs> Let's just start with that. Let's that's just a, right into it. That's a good question. No sense in beating around the bush, that's getting convoluted. Question. What the heck is doctrine, Chad? Well, Blake, what do you think? <laughs> doctrine for me is um, what the what Scripture tells us about well, hold on. I didn't get. We didn't got there yet. Doc, doctrine is just a belief or a set of beliefs, right? I okay. think. I think that's what we'd set. The. I mean, not to cut you off there, but I. I think we can all agree that's pretty close to what doctrine is. Now, what is sound doctrine? Yeah. <laughs> so sound doctrine in, in context of of salvation. Sound doctrine is what Scripture tells us about the gospel. Like sound doctrine is what we actually have to believe and understand unto salvation. And it has to be sound because we have to believe the right things in order to receive salvation. We can't get led down these other paths that are, in in fact, would, in fact, by your definition, these other paths would be classified as doctrine. Yeah, but hey, just not sure. sound doctrine. Sure. What is false doctrine? Tell me what that is. <laughs> false doctrine would be anything that deviates from Scripture or what Scripture says about the gospel of Christ, which is leading us unto salvation, is what, saving us. Anything different than what the Scripture says, period. Yeah. Yeah, anything different than, yeah, Scripture. Well, I, but I'm talking, I guess... I'm talking about context specifically in terms of, uh, I'm talking about doctrine specifically in context of the foundational elements of salvation. Yeah. Right? Which is so important to get that doctrine right. So, <clears throat> to me, for the conversation that you want to have and what's been on your mind, that lays a beautiful groundwork to have the discussion that could play out from that. We know what basic general non-specific doctrine is right there's all kinds of doctrines in the world there's there, there's many belief systems there's there's political doctrine there's all kinds of doctrines so when we're talking about chad talking about sound doctrine that's pertaining to scripture right and then in the world today there's many false doctrines or that, that that's the thing People have their own, people essentially subscribe to their own doctrine, really, is what ends up, is what happens. People think what they think is true and what's not true, and, and that's happened for all of history, and we've we've gotten into uh, uh, 18 billion denominations and ways of thinking and in all these churches and everything else, but I think it's safe to say it's been on your heart and mind that there is a specific false doctrine in your eyes that is being promoted and not good. Yeah, I agree. So it, what is it that? It has been on my heart and mind. And I so I have personally been exposed to m multiple times in my, in my life to unsound doctrine that if I would not have been rooted in sound doctrine, in the sound doctrine and understanding of scripture prior to those other things being introduced to me, they would have, I think, seemed very appealing and probably led me in the wrong direction. And that's why I think that it's important 
to hash these things out. I just want to go to Scripture real quick before we go into talking about exactly what the things that I've been exposed to and that I'm hearing right now that could lead people in the wrong direction. I want to go to this part in Scripture and talk about this. This is 2 Timothy 3, 6, where Paul, in the Bible, inspired by the Holy Spirit, actually mentions doctrine. So 2 Timothy 3, we'll start in verse 10. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, my manner of life, my purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch and Iconium and Lysteria, what persecutions I endured, but out of all of them the Lord delivered me. It's amazing to see Paul giving credit to the Lord for his deliverance from those things and not giving his own self and his own strength credit for being able to get through those things he's been through. Going on in verse 12, Ye, uh, yea, all that will live a godly life in Jesus Christ will suffer persecution, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Okay, this is a scriptural explanation for what I am, why this is on my heart. Because like you said, I've been hearing other things that are actually dangerous to believe as a Christian that will lead you somewhere to somewhere other then salvation or will lead you to an unhealthy relationship uh, within your spiritual life. We see it. Paul calls it out here. Evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. There are a lot of people right now that are deceiving other people, either intentionally or unintentionally. They're doing it intentionally. They're deceiving other people because they, they wish for selfish gain, or they might be deceiving other people unintentionally because they have themselves been deceived. And that's what he says here, deceiving and being deceived. Paul says, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and have been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And from a child you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Jesus Christ. Now, here is going back to what I said just a minute ago. We have to believe the right things. We have to know the proper doctrine, as is revealed to us through the Scripture. This is what Paul says here. The Holy Scriptures, our Bible, is part of the Holy Scripture, are revealing, are able to make the wise or in other words, revealing sound doctrine to us, giving us wisdom unto our salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. All right? So we get our sound doctrine from Scripture, and that believing the right things, that is what it looks like. Understanding the gospel of Christ properly is what it looks like to be wise unto salvation. And anything outside of that is not wisdom that's leading you unto salvation. So there aren't all these multiple different things that we can just go with. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. 
I think that just reaffirms the fact that Scripture is doctrine, and we can use Scripture when we have experiences in our life, when we're exposed to ideas, when we're exposed to doctrines, we always use Scripture to reprove it, to make sure it's right, to reprove it, to correct it, and for instruction in our own righteousness and wisdom leading unto our salvation. So I wanted to share that with you. And the whole purpose of this, verse 17, Paul says that a man that the man of God should be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. All right? The purpose of believing the right things is, one, so that you can actually accept salvation in Christ. The other purpose of believing in right things is so that you can be thoroughly furnished as a a child of God to do good works in your life. In other words, you're going to be operating within the body of Christ the way that you should be operating. You have to believe sound doctrine to do that. So I want to share that with you. What are the doctrines that you ask? What are the doctrines that I'm hearing? I mean, what's on your heart right now? What's on my heart right now? Um, Keeping you up at night, what, whatever term you used, tossing and turning. Well, I think we should start with the single most important one, which is the how Christ, how Jesus reveals himself to us. So there are a lot of people out there right now who are searching for... Christ. There are a lot of people out there right now who are, for the first time, open to the idea of reading the Bible. There are a lot of people out there right now who are, all of a sudden, for the first time, um, searching for faith. And I think that's because they've realized that there's not a lot of hope in the world that is left, right? And so, when you're searching and you're wondering, how am I going to find Jesus? How does Jesus Christ, maybe I'm searching in scripture. Maybe I'm having conversations about the Bible. How how does God, how does Christ reveal himself to us? And I think we want to start with saying Christ reveals himself to you through our recognition of our own absolute and total weakness. Our own, Christ reveals himself to us through our realization of, of the need for him, right? And that realization comes through the understanding of our own weakness and our own inability to save ourselves. There, there can be things and will be things in your life that happen that might vie for your attention, right? There might be things that happen in your life that you start saying, oh, was that God? Is God reaching out to me? Does God have a, a message for me? This and that. 
ultimately, we've got to come to the understanding of our own weakness in order for the fullness of the gospel to be understood by us within ourselves. Um, Christ even says, I am made strong in your weakness. And so if you're searching for faith or you're searching for God or, or whatever, you don't have to look for some weird sign or some thing in the in nature or something or some person to say something to you like those things might get your attention but ultimately you cannot understand the gospel until you understand your need for the gospel and that is achieved through the knowledge of your own incompetency you could say that your recognition of your need for god is your sign like that's your sign yeah from God, there it is. It doesn't have to be this mysterious thing, you know, that people are trying to drum up. Do you understand that, Chili? <laughs> well, sure. I don't. Uh, you, you could. Someone like me could certainly get into the weeds with that, which we're desperately trying to avoid uh, by by saying. Is that recognition even possible on your own, or does uh, Christ literally have to give that recognition even to you? But then that that would turn into the discussion that we typically have on the podcast, which boils back down to the same. So we're trying not to do that. So well, yes, I understand it. However, I mean, it comes. <laughs> it's the ne- it's the absolute necessary ingredient to to understanding and then receiving Christ. It is it is the thing that makes you wise unto salvation is, is seeing the need for Christ, right? Well, clearly, if, if, if we're talking about matters of salvation, that means you need to be saved from something. If you didn't recognize that you, your inadequacy and, and your need for salvation, then you don't recognize your need for a Savior. I mean, like, it's, just, it's literally... Yeah, it's in the statement. Yeah. So yes, I understand what. And and the 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 antithesis to this sound doctrine is the people who are seeking a relationship with God through meditation, or seeking a relationship with God through psychedelics, or seeking a relationship with God through something that that someone says or some other encounter that they might have, right? That's the antithesis of sound doctrine, is seeking a relationship with God through those things and then hoping that God's going to show up and reveal his self to you through those things in some, in some weird epiphany that you might have. It's, it's just not, you, you know... It's just not, that's not sound doctrine, right? That, well, it kind of goes back to what Blake was saying. Well, what did you, you just said that it's not sound doctrine to, to, to find God in some. Think that you're going to find, think, think or teach that you're going to find God through some 
experience that you're searching for. Well, that brings us back to, I don't know, that brings us back to the experience that you had that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. And you're getting us into the weeds here, but it may be worth it. Uh, what about your experience in uh, Germany? Yeah. Germany. Yeah. When, yeah. When I, when I decided to open the Bible for the first time, it was because of that experience that I had in this building of, um, this demonic thing that was influencing, you know, us. And so that happened. I do not think that that happened because it was some experience that was orchestrated by God. I think that that just happened to me. Like I was, I was a part of that. Right. And that got my attention. That was something that happened to me when I opened up, when I decided then to believe that, Oh wow, there's some power here. There's, there's a God. I'm going to actually open up the Bible. I wasn't saved at that point. The, that I wasn't right. saved at that but, point. But you would say that that led to it. And and, er, and earlier, well, maybe you wouldn't say that, but earlier you were saying that that's not how, you know, that stuff doesn't lead to it, but it seems like it was led to it in that situation. It, it, was, it was a moment that basically rattled me. It was a moment that kind of got my attention, Right. But the doctrine that led me to unto salvation was the doctrine, the true doctrine of the gospel of Christ, right? Seeing the need in my, in my own self as a, as a sinful human being with the complete in, incapability of being perfect and doing right, that was what saved me right it wasn't the experience the experience didn't save me well no no one's arguing the that. understanding of of the true doctrine of the gospel is what saved me right and i don't think anyone's arguing that but i think that experience along with every other experience that you had had in your life up until that point led you to that conclusion how not well I mean, not just that I, one, I, but I, them all. That I think, experience made you realize your inadequacy because you couldn't solve the problem you had at hand. Well, there was a there was a portion of that in there. I and I I'm I guess what I'm trying to nail down on is the moment where you understand and believe what you need when you become the moment that you become wise unto salvation. That's what I'm trying to nail yeah. down on, right? Well, I, you, you, I couldn't have had that experience and cracked the Bible open, and I could have read the entire Bible. But if I would not have had the moment where I became wise unto salvation through understanding the true doctrine of the gospel in my own inadequacy, then I would not have been saved. That's what I'm talking about. That, that's not what saves you. That experience didn't save me. It, it maybe you could say well, that's all that needs to be said. Yeah, and I ma- mean, like, maybe you can for, say it led me. Maybe you could say it it led me there, but it's not what saved me. Yeah. Well, for the point you're trying to make, that's all that needs to be said. Anything else is convoluting it because everybody is going to have experiences. Anybody with a testimony is going to say, "Here was the sequence of events that led to my salvation," 
And then if you ask them, well, how were you saved? They would say, well, because I realized that I needed a savior. And that is the ultimate question that has to be answered in the proper way. But that's, that's all that needs to be said. Anything else is convoluting this point that you're trying to make. So, yep. Yep. That's the ultimate question that has to be asked and answered properly in order to be wise unto salvation. And so there are a lot of other paths though that leave out that moment. There are a lot of other messages being propagated that I had this experience and now I'm good. I had this experience. Okay, now I believe in God. Now I believe that there's a heaven. Now I believe that there's a hell. Now I believe that I should do right, try to do right. None of that's saving you. Well, and 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 does it even I mean who's claiming that it does? Like I guess there's people who claim that it does. I mean, if you go have a psychedelic experience and talk to some entity that's I mean, either some I don't know. It seems like the 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 studies and the group the group things seem to prove that it's not a hallucination. So you're contacting something. So it'd be you're sitting there talking to a demon, but you think it's whatever. I mean, wh- wh- who who does are people saying that that's saving them? Yeah, I oh, yeah. Well, there there are people. Who, I'm not sure exactly how they're saying that because what is their ideology that would say that they even need to be saved? There there are people who have experiences that 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 get there that do something to their perception of faith or, or, or change their per- perspective on faith, and then they think they're good after that. And then you know what most of those people do? They continue on the rest of their life seeking these experiences, seeking these signs, seeking these things that just reaffirm the fact that they're good. And the whole time they're not good. Because they're not they're not rooted in the actual the actual thing that is saving you, right? Well, there we go. We we've covered down on that now. Yeah, I mean, geez, I, I'm just telling you, it's happening, man. Well, it, and I think that's uh, you know it, something has clearly been been bothering you. I could see the strain on your face this morning, and um. There's a lot of conversations right now around faith and quote-unquote spirituality. And there's a lot of conversations right now even around faith in, ter- in context of Christianity that never mention the name of Jesus Christ. These are the people who are thinking that these experiences that they have had are making them good to go. If you can have a conversation about your spiritual life, if in, in, in context of biblical understanding and not mention your belief in the death, burial, resurrection, and the atoning blood of Christ, you've missed it, man. You can't have these conversations without that key element being there. As a matter of fact, the centerpiece of the conversation, right? Yeah. So, go ahead, Blake. I was just going to read scripture to back that up. John fourteen six says, 
Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if you're not mentioning the name of Jesus and you're claiming salvation, then you've just contradicted Scripture, which is how we should assess ourselves and truth because it's sound doctrine. So it's just, I mean, that just backs up exactly what you said, but we need to back it up with Scripture so people know. Well, and there's there's millions of false doctrines out there. I mean, I, well, I talked about it earlier. There's millions of just doctrines, period. Like, what do you, and and tons of things that are just completely off of the wall, whatever. But what is, I am curious, maybe you can't answer why it's pressing on you so much exactly, but there's something that, I mean, there's a few specific things that you think are confusing a lot of people right now. Yeah, well, I think I think some of the most recent things that I've heard and, and that I've been exposed to in my own life, um, you guys have heard me tell the story uh, of when I was told I was an archangel and, you know, um, you know, I, I, I needed to start looking for these signs and numbers and and things that God was going to start communicating with me through these uh, numbers, and I had this big purpose as an archangel. Um, I've been exposed to that. I've, I've been hearing a lot of conversations around things like um, reliance on guardian angels to to keep us safe and and to get us through this life, and and you know that that's a big one. Because when we when we when when our when our doctrine is to believe anything that has absolutely no um, correlation to Scripture, it's going to lead you to a bad place. So if your doctrine is to believe that the thing that's keeping you safe, as you journey through your faith journey, if your doctrine is to believe that it's a guardian angel protecting you, that's not good. That's not going to work out good for you. That's going to lead to confusion in your life. Well, where does that idea come from? I, I would also like to know where it comes from because I, okay. I have been reading the Bible for 12 years and I have also research this specific topic actually when i was exposed to this doctrine that i was a guard that i was an archangel well what do i do every time i hear these false doctrines that people are being led astray from or led astray by what do i do i go to scripture and i i start searching everywhere to try to find is this actually scripturally sound doctrine could i possibly be an archangel Cause dang, that sounds good, right? <clears throat> that sounds way better than the only way I'm saved is through the realization of my own weakness and inability. So I go and searching, and I'm like, it's nowhere in Scripture. It is, it is a in in context of Scripture, it's an impossibility that I am the embodiment of an archangel. Where did you get that from, guy? I, I don't, I don't know where it comes from. Okay. Okay, well... When we talk about guardian angels... Yeah, I mean, the only thing I can think of as far as that goes is reading the New Testament. Uh, the Holy Spirit is described as being with you and a comforter and a helper. Is that what they're talking about? 
Yeah, so so this is this is why I don't understand the concept of people's reliance on a guardian angel for protection. It's you can find examples in the Old Testament Bible about God sending angels forth in front of people to protect them on their journey or whatever. What what you don't what you're not understanding though is when when Christ died for us and was resurrected what does the what the, the entire book of acts what was what were the disciples preaching repent be baptized in the name of the father the son jesus christ and the holy spirit and and then receive the holy spirit so there is no context for guardian angels in the covenant that we are all subject to right now god's covenant under jesus christ the new covenant that he has offered to us because you're exactly right, Chili. Right now, if you accept Christ and you go back and you understand, you believe the gospel unto salvation, the very next thing that happens is the Spirit of Christ himself, the Holy Spirit, literally comes and dwells within you. You become a vessel. or an inha- you, It's inhabiting you. You don't need a guardian angel. You have the Holy Spirit that's dwelling in you as its literal dwelling place that's providing discernment, that is providing um, knowledge of Scripture, that's providing direction in your life, uh, that's renewing your mind, right? There, there's, no, there's no place for, for, for this belief and this reliance on a guardian angel for someone who understands sound the sound doctrine of the Holy Spirit indwelling the believer. We can't miss that. If, if you're missing that part of Scripture, if you're missing the part that tells you you have the gift of the Holy Spirit, if you've missed that and you've decided to think that angels are messaging you, you are missing out on something that's so much better. Literally, better's not even the word for it because it couldn't, there's, there's nothing above it. The receiving of the Holy Spirit, there's nothing more powerful than that. It's God himself dwelling in you as the believer in Christ, providing everything that you need through your walk in this life. And and there's there there's just no place for that doctrine, man. In scripture. What do you think about what if somebody came to you and said, Well, I I I have accepted the the Holy Spirit and, and he he does dwell in me and I you know, and they're with you in perfect alignment with with accepting the gospel, but they say, But I still believe in guardian angels. What would you say to that? I would say, please show me in Scripture where you're getting that from. I haven't seen that either, where they, where they would be getting that from, so I'm just throwing that out there. But Yeah, I, I would say, show me where you got, where in Scripture, in the new covenant that you have accepted, the covenant with Christ, show me where you're getting that from. It's not there. I mean, I, I don't... I've heard, certainly heard of people talking about guardian angels. I'm sure you have too, Blake. Yeah. But I don't, 
I, I, yeah, I couldn't tell you where they're where that originated from or that's pulled from. I, I would like to know. I Just, don't know why people think they need an angel to guard them. To Chad's point, when you you have the creator of angels that's guarding you, so why yeah. do you need the angel to guard you? Yeah, I, I mean, and I don't know anywhere in the Bible that it even says the word guardian angel. I, maybe it does. I, I would have to look it up, but I'm not aware of it at this point. Yeah, and I think the last thing that I want to talk about is when, so let's say, okay, you have become wise unto salvation by believing and understanding the gospel and how Christ reveals himself to you. You've accepted Christ. You've received the Holy Spirit. Now, there's a lot of doctrine out there about how God communicates with us how the Holy Spirit communicates with us now believers in him. And there's a lot of conversation around, and again, I've been exposed to it in my in personal conversations around God communicating with us and sending us message through these series of numbers, right? That's another extremely... One, one, it can cause confusion. Two, I don't know where that comes from. In the New Covenant, there's, there's no instruction for us as believers to interpret series of numbers that we might be seeing in our lives, right? Right? Like where where is that doctrine coming from? It's a great question. It's not something that we should rely on. It's not even something that we should look for. Because again, it is the scripture given by inspiration of God that is profitable for doctrine. And that's it. It you know, you start you start looking around you for all these little things in your life and you start trying to find meaning in them and you start saying, oh, I wonder if that means anything. What's God trying to say to me? This that look, the God that we the God of the creator of the universe that loves you, that you have now entered into relationship with, is not a God of confusion. He's not a God that's going to try to communicate with you or send you some message that's going to be convoluted or confusing or encrypted or going to be difficult to interpret. Every example that we see in the Bible of God speaking to his sons and daughters through dreams, through visions, uh, through personal interactions, through revelations, the meaning is clear to that person. It's They know that they are in the presence of God and the meaning is clear to that person and what they're supposed to do with that is immediately clear to them. And so we can't look around us every day and try to think all the strange things that we might see are a message from God because it's going to lead us down a path 
of confusion. And we're going to start trying to take messages from things that don't have either any meaning or might have some meaning that's intentionally meant to lead you in the wrong direction. If you do think or you are sure that God, the Holy Spirit, is communicating something to you, the very next thing you've got to do is you've got to go back to Scripture and you've got to bounce the meaning and the message and the delivery and the context and everything about it. You've got to bounce that off of what Scripture says. You have to. And if it's not in there, it's not from God. Period. If it's not in there, it's not a message from Jesus or the Holy Spirit. It's just not. The last thing that I would think needs to be touched on in this conversation is because I think there's there's two things you can talk about with kind of doctrine. You can talk about kind of what you were more leading into there of you get a message that you're wondering what it means. You think it may be from God and you laid out what you should do with that. You 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 compare it to as you like to say a lot, the plumb line, right? Yeah. You compare it to what scripture says and it shouldn't be confusing. It shouldn't it can't contradict anything that that says, right? I mean, that that's how you handle that pretty plainly. Well, there's also the aspect of doctrine of two people read the same thing as they do all the time. Somebody says, this is how I interpret this this way. This is the doctrine that I believe that this is saying. You read the same thing, have your own perspective on it, and anything, and you say, well, that person is believing false doctrine. They look at you and say, you are believing false doctrine. Now, that is a very interesting uh, scenario that plays out all of the time. That's why we have all the denominations. Yeah, I was that say, we, then you have Presbyterian, right? Baptist, I mean that. Methodist. So, so that's another. That that that's kind of like a different struggle that I think goes on. And the reason I bring it up is because of the way this conversation went. I think it's worth mentioning because there's got to be at least somebody that thought of that because I have people bring it up to me all the time. And and I, I mean, I am just as yeah. It's very interesting. Like. I think it would you're you're not being honest if you don't acknowledge the fact that people can read the same thing and have different thoughts on it and believe two totally different yeah doctrines. I mean, I disagree with that. Well, it happens all the time. I, 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 be- mean, I believe it happens all the time. You know why I believe it happens all the time? Well, yes, because I, the human heart is projecting itself yeah. onto the doctrine. Well, that may be. Yeah, I mean. You know, that's what I, I just think it's funny because I see how much that happens in the world today. I mean, that's what the center of so many debates are still on and so much division. And, and you know, I think about it, too, because of how much you harp on the division in the church. Yeah. I mean, it's but it's it's been going on since Christ walked the earth. I, I mean, that's what the you know, I've brought up before the the 
you know, the, the most significant, the first seven of the ecumenical councils. That's all they did was sit there and debate on what, you know, all, all the names you, you've mentioned before, uh, Arminius and, and uh, Martian and all these people, like they, they had ideas of, of what the interpretation was of certain things and they disagreed like crazy. So I don't think that will ever not happen, you know, to the people that wonder about that. I mean, I, I think to me it makes it very, yeah, it's very hard to know what, because you can, to me, you can read something and think you know what the answer is and what the correct interpretation of it is. But that's when I get into thinking like, man, I don't know, how do I, as a flawed human, know what is correct on this? You know what seems logical. You know what seems correct. You can point, you know, all the things, but you still, me personally, the struggle I have that I'm being honest with, and I know y'all don't, you know, to the point that I do, but I think a lot of people resonate with that. So that's why I brought it up and that not really to say anything other than, you know, I think, I think you have to keep seeking understanding and, and, and doing that. But that, that is another aspect of this doctrine discussion in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, unfortunately, but at the same time, fortunately, you will never completely understand the nature of God. Well, that is, like, that, and we talked at least a hundred percent true that you, you, if you are not God, you will not understand yes. God completely. But, but the biblical, the, the biblical doctrines that we are speaking about that make you wise unto salvation. In other words, what are you relying on to save you? What are you look, where are you trying to search for God? How are you trying, how is God interacting with you? The, these these foundational elements that are leading us and in, in making us wise unto salvation, there is, there is no room for interpretation on how that is happening unless the human's heart and the human's own desire is projecting itself upon the text. Well... That's what's interesting because you say there's no room for interpretation. I know what you mean by that, but there's still people that disagree about it. And and I don't mean like people. I mean like it's you see the division. So it's just interesting, and I don't know how that's ever – I wonder how that's ever going to be different. Yeah. You, you know, because I think it's a part of you – even wanting to to clean up some of these things that you've heard to actually lessen the division and discussions you've had in the past and talking about the state of the church. I mean, I really do think that's what you, I mean, you want that, right? You want yeah. to focus on those things that you just talked about and bring people together, but that doesn't seem to happen, you know? Yeah. Why is that? But Yeah, I mean, I, I guess... um I guess any anything that I or anybody else is promoting as sound scriptural doc, doctrine 
we we should be able to someone should be able to ask me in terms of the conversation I just had about how does Christ reveal himself to you? How does God reveal himself to you? That person should then be able to say, show me. Right. And I should be able to say, give me a minute. Yeah. Let me find it. And That's I'm gonna, it. And I'm going to show you. Okay. That needs to happen more. Those are the things. Yes. Those are the things that we've got to unite around. Those are the things that we've got to the foundational elements that we've all got to be on the same page on because the whole context of this conversation is not argumentative. The whole context of the conversation is around making sure that we are not being deceived and that we are not deceiving others through the things that we think that we believe in but they don't hold up to the test of show me. Mm. You know yeah, what I mean? Dude, that's all I think about, man. You want to talk about something that's on my mind all the time, it's that. If we don't there's not enough show me discussions within the church, within the world, within any subject, but but specifically this and obviously the most important of matters, we don't have enough show me discussions. I think that's how you bring people together more and lessen the division is you have more show me discussions instead of, well, I think this, no reason why, and I think this, no reason why, and we'll just go our separate ways. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. It, it's it, not that there's two different ideas proposed about a certain area of text. It's that you don't freaking talk about it. And, and of course, there's been discussions about it. There's been fights about it. But... To, in today's world, there's not enough show me discussions. Yeah, and it's it's important. It's it's and to me, it is the it is it's, it's of the absolute importance in the things that are making us wise unto salvation because we're talking about eternal life, right? right? So it's 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 the most important, and that that's that's why I bring up. These topics, I know it's why around guardian angels and archangels and seeing God in a cloud and and seeing God in in a in in a, a drug induced experience and I, I'm like that's why I bring it up because I just want to say, hey man, I love you. I know this is what you think, but man, you got to show me where this where this line is in alignment with God's word because I've looked man and it's not there and I love you and I don't want you to I don't want you to to get off on this and before you know it there's no telling what what you're going to be believing and the whole time you think you're good and you 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 die and you're on your knees alone in front of your creator and he says depart from me i never knew you and you say man i thought i was good i don't want that to happen man well the the bible also says that many people will hear that that don't think they're going to hear that uh, yeah and and what is that telling you that's telling you that people 
I mean, read what it says. It's telling you that people that think they have the right doctrine don't. Yes. That's what that's telling you. Exactly. And, and that's why I'm so passionate about the, the even discussing these things. Well, I know it is. Nobody but... wants to have these conversations, man. Well. But, and, and, and by all means, guys, I don't know at all. And, and anybody that's listening to this um, who feels passionate about these topics, I ask you to show me. Or come on the podcast and show me. Like, because we, we have to be in alignment on these things, man. We have to believe the right things to be on our knees in front of the creator of the universe when we leave this world here in a very short period of time and uh, and we have to we have to believe the right things for him to, to, to say, welcome in my good and faithful servant. And you know it's funny too the the there's a lot of talk of kind of getting it right and I think a way that that can be confusing and to me is so much I mean the gospel is is entirely about your inadequacy. I mean that is the that's it. That's it. It's that you can't do it. But when we talk and like and there's no amount of like good works that's going to save you. There's no amount of getting it right to use that phrase that's going to save you but then it does get tricky when you talk about the doctrine like you have to get it correct in order to grasp it correctly and be saved i mean that's where it gets tricky like there's some human aspect to it that i don't understand that you have to get right obviously like to say you can't save yourself right but you have to you have to understand how you're how you're saved. I mean that, that that's the getting it right part that is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You exactly. know, it's kind of. I mean, and I, I I truly believe that discernment comes through seeking the counsel of the Holy Spirit. I think the Holy Spirit of Christ provides that discernment, right? Um, and so when you're when if you're right now like, dang, I'm trying to get it right. The way to get it right, we all have access to understanding it. Like, but the way to get it right is not through a sign or a wonder or 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 listening to a podcast. The way to get it right is by seeking the Holy Spirit. Ask ask the Holy Spirit of Christ to give you wisdom. To what be able what to more can you do? Be able, Holy Spirit, reveal this to me. Help me understand this properly and search it out in Scripture. And, and the Holy Spirit's going to reveal the truth of Scripture to you. He's going to allow you to discern it. I suppose something has to spur you to ask, seek, knock. But what can you do more than that? Than seek, than ask, seek, knock. I mean, you can, that, but that's the message. I mean, that, yeah. that's the what. And, but I, I think that's why it's so important that we don't gloss over the experience that you had that we talked about earlier in Germany because, like, that's not, you know, that did happen to you. So you're not telling, you're not telling somebody that that can't happen to you or that. Exactly. But you're saying that that doesn't save you. 
That doesn't make me. Yep, you're exactly right. That's it, though. I mean, that doesn't. Period. That so, doesn't put me in good standing. No experience puts me in good standing with God. And if somebody wanted to say that it did, they would have a very hard time explaining how it did. Yeah, and I, if I they could, left it there, I could see how I could answer that question. Well, when I had that experience, uh, it made me realize that there was a God. It made me start reading the Bible, and it made me start trying to do better. But I, right? but, but that I, would be the argument. Yeah, but I would ask you, how did that save you? And, and then you wouldn't answer. And it, I, you know, I so. would not have an answer. Uh, I could give you the wrong answer. Well, sure. Well, that sure. saved it saved me because it turned my life around, and I started acting better. Yeah, well, so did uh, somebody watch some motivational speech on YouTube and it did the same thing for them. They started changing a little bit. I mean, it doesn't save you. Exactly. It leads. It all leads back to the same point. But I think it would, I think that is a good example of, of what you're actually trying to say with, with your own experience there. It just didn't provide salvation just like, None of the other experiences that anybody had in and of themselves can do anything. Yep. 100%. And that's a very important doctrinal truth that we have to we have to understand, we have to discuss, we have to make sure we're all on the same page with what scripture says about it. Right? Yeah, man, this is the plumb line for sure. Um so as we have these conversations, I want to go back because I felt led to share this scripture right here. Uh, and this is in 1 Corinthians. When we talk about reproving other people, when we talk about having these discussions with other people who might be putting out things that are not in, in alignment with scripture, that are unsound, that are potentially outright dangerous. Um, we need to remember to have these conversations coming from a place in our heart of um, love for each other, and also we're having these conversations for the sake of the truth or for the sake of doctrine we're trying we're figuring this out it's not judgmental and this verse i want to share with you in first corinthians 6 paul says know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of god be not deceived neither fornicators nor idolaters nor adulterers nor effeminate nor abusers of themselves with mankind or sodomites nor thieves nor covetous nor drunkards nor uh, revilers nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And then in verse 11, he, he says, and such were some of you. So I think we should remember about ourselves when we go to reprove, rebuke, um, where, we, where we're using scripture to reprove doctrine and thought processes. We need to remember about ourselves that there was a time in our lives where you might understand things correctly but don't get on your high horse because there was a time in my life where I didn't understand sound doctrine that led me to salvation there was a time in my life where I was practicing sin in my life um, 
And let's remember that we have these conversations in long-suffering with one another, in love for one another, in patience with one another, because we're talking to people that might be confused, and these are the same people these are the we were the same person at some point in our life more than likely as were some of you so we're not on a high horse here this is this these conversations and the ability to to have discernment about doctrine comes through spiritual maturity and comes through the revelation of the holy spirit and comes through the Holy Spirit conforming us over time into the likeness and image of Christ. We can go deeper and deeper on these things. So we just need to posture our heart in the right way when we talk about these things. But that's the main things I wanted to hit. Good job, Sharpet. It's an hour and four minute long podcast. Good night. Oh, short one. <laughs> 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 enough said